Welcome to the Achievable FINRA podcast. I'm Tyler, the founder of Achievable, and we have affordable courses for the FINRA SIE, Series 6, Series 7, 63, 65, and 66 exams with industry best pass rates. Each Achievable course includes everything you need to pass the first time. A full textbook, videos on key topics, thousands of questions backed by our memory-enhancing algorithm, and full-length practice exams. You can try it out for free at achievable.me, and if you like it, use the code PODCAST to get you 10% off at checkout. This podcast was made from a video by Achievable's FINRA course author, Brandon Rith. If you'd like to have the visual aid of a video, please go to Achievable's YouTube channel and search for the video by the same name. Let's look at a set of questions that relate to a hedging strategy together to see if we can better understand what's going on. All right. So an investor goes long 100 shares of BCD stock at 53 and purchases one BCD July 50 put at three. Now, uh, obviously, you can see a number of questions we have up here. Everything from what's the strategy, what's the market sentiment, max gain loss, uh, break even, gain of losses at different points. Uh, so here's what you should do. Take a moment, pause the video, and see how many of these questions you can answer on your own. And when you're ready, unpause and we'll talk about it together. Okay. Okay, hopefully that was enough time for you to pause and unpause. Let's uh, let's go ahead and talk about this. All right, we have long stock paired together with a long option. Uh, the stock was purchased at 53 and then the investor bought a July 50 put at three. Uh, and that put is our hedge. In fact, how do we tell when we have a hedging strategy? You can usually tell you have a hedging strategy when you have a stock position paired together with a long option. And in fact, that's what we have here. This is a, uh, in particular, and I'm sure you can see that T-chart on our screen. We'll, we'll talk about that here in just a second. This is a long stock with a long put hedging strategy. There's no concise or easy name. It's just a, a hedging strategy that involves a long stock with a long put. In particular, the long put is there to protect the risk of the long stock position. And what I'd encourage you to think about, okay, what is the risk with the long stock position? Well, if you buy stock at 53, worst case scenario, the market price can fall all the way to zero. Uh, that's $53 per share of loss that we're facing times 100 shares. That's $5,300 of, of a maximum loss just in that position alone. Now, the long put gives the investor the right to sell stock at the strike price, which in our case here is 50. So worst case scenario, the market price falls, we can exercise the, the put and we can sell stock at 50, right? Of course, that, that put is not free. We had to pay $300 for that insurance. And we'll talk a little bit about how that factors into the, the numbers here in just a second. In terms of market sentiment, uh, whenever an investor engages in a hedging strategy, you can always tell what the market sentiment, another way of saying, are we bullish, are we bearish, are we neutral? The market sentiment is defined by the market sentiment of the stock position. If I buy stock, I want the market price to rise. And if the market price here goes to 70, 80, 150, 300, 1,000, the higher the market price goes, the better it gets for the investor. Now, if we think about the put, the, the, the put gives us the right to sell at 50. Do you, do you or does any investor want to buy stock at 53 and then sell it at 50? No. 
the right to sell at 50 is only going to be exercised if the market price were to fall below 50, which would not be a good situation for, for the investor here. So overall, what's the market sentiment? The, the investor is, is bullish. They want the market price to rise, but they happen to spend a little bit of money on an option, and now they have some downside protection. And that downside protection will come into play when the market price falls uh, below 50. We have maximum gain, maximum loss, break even, and then we have gain or losses at different prices at the bottom. All of these are a little bit more math focused. And for what you can see on your screen, you can see what uh, we call a T-chart. Now, there's not just one way to do a T-chart, but this is how I do a T-chart, and this is how I consistently keep my numbers straight. Do you have to do a T-chart to, to pass your exams? No, you don't. Um, but for those of us who are visual um, and like keeping the numbers straight, a T-chart could be a significant use for you on the exam. And this is what my T-chart looks like. I have a plus on the, on the top left uh, column, a minus in the top right column, column that's going to represent money in, money out, plus is money into our pocket, minus is money out of our pocket, and then we have an option and a stock row. Okay. Now, um, there are a couple of different ways you can fill out a T-chart. Um, you can plug in what I call small numbers or big numbers. Uh, when I say small numbers or big numbers, the question is, are we going to be multiplying times 100? Or are we going to keep the numbers small and relatively manageable and just keep them on a dollar per share price? That's what I do. I do the, the small numbers. So for example, with this question here, the investor bought 100 shares of BCD stock at 53. I'm going to put 53 on the minus side in this stock row. 53 there, great. Now, they also bought a 50 put at 3. Now, the 50 is the strike price, which may or may not come into play. In order for 50 to, to be part of the T-chart, the option has to be exercised, which hopefully you know by now, an option may not be exercised. It can expire or it can be traded, right? But the one thing we can factor into the T-chart is the $3 premium. Yes, is it a $300 overall premium? Yes, but I'm gonna put three on the minus side in the option row. So we have a three on the uh, minus side and we have a 53 on the stock side, uh, which adds up to a total of 56. The investor has spent the equivalent of $56 per share just by kicking off this option uh, strategy here and uh, $5,600 out of their pocket. Again, whether you have 53 and three or uh, 5,300 and 300, it really doesn't matter, whichever way it works. To start talking about how to use this T-chart, or at least the system that I use to approach this, uh, the, the first system I'm gonna teach you are for the uh, potentials. And when I say potential, I mean maximum potential gain, maximum potential loss. Um, what I would recommend you do is, instead of thinking about both of these uh, pieces of the strategy, meaning the shares and the option together all at once, let's make it simple. Think about one side at a time. What do I mean by that? Well, <clears throat> we're gonna focus first on the stock, just given the fact that, that the stock is gonna be the primary focus of this question. We've got shares of stock that the investor really wants to gain value over time, and we happen to have this option here that's gonna act as insurance in case something goes wrong, meaning if the market goes down, we've got insurance. Cool. So here's the system, and by the way, you can use the system for any hedging or income strategy when it comes to the maximum potential gain or maximum potential loss questions. Step number one is think about the stock first. The stock is actually going to set 
the stage for the way you look at the question. What do I mean by that? Well, maximum gain, let's think about that first through the lens of the stock. If I buy stock at 53, the maximum gain, well, market, we make money if the market goes up and the market can go up you know, forever. There's no ceiling to the market. So technically, the maximum gain on a stock position would be unlimited. Great. Now that's step number one. And really what we're doing in step number one is setting the, the stage for where, where we're looking at in the market. Maximum gain for us will be when the market price rises. And again, there's no ceiling to the market. And we'll kind of think of it that way. But we can't forget about the option. Okay. Second step, and this is the last step, is we're going to think about the option in that scenario. If the market price were to rise, which would be maximum gain for the long stock position, if that were to occur, what happens to the option? Well, there's a couple ways we can arrive at that. Way number one is we can use the term call up, put down. One of my favorite terms when it comes to options. What call up and put down will tell you is whether an option has intrinsic value and whether that option will be exercised. Well, put down, put down. We mean if the market price falls below the strike price of a put, the put has intrinsic value and it will get exercised. Otherwise, it will just expire worthless. So we think, go back to you know the original the mindset that we have. Okay, we're thinking with the stock, maximum gain would be the when the market price rises, right? Well, if the market price is rising, the put is going to expire worthless. Again, we can think about the put down part of it. And also we can just think about it conceptually. <clears throat> Let's say the market price would rise to a thousand. Would we want to exercise our put, which gives us the right to sell stock at 50 when we could sell in the market for a thousand? No, that wouldn't make any sense. So here's what I'm trying to say is that we make more money as the market price rises. And if the market price is anywhere above 50, the put's just going to expire. So we have to put that together as a concept. And what's our maximum gain? Unlimited. Now, this is one of the drawbacks and limitations of the T-chart. If the answer is unlimited, there's really we're not really going to get any closure when it comes to the T-chart. How do you plug in unlimited into a number-based system? I still haven't figured that out, nor do I think it's possible. That's why it's important for you to not only understand the numbers, but also the concept behind these strategies. Now we'll go on to maximum loss. Now we will start the same way. We bought the stock for $53 per share and we bought the option for $3 per share for a total of 56 on the minus side. That's where we start. Now for maximum loss, we're gonna think about it the same exact way we did with maximum gain. Well. Let's think about with the stock through the lens of the stock first. That's how we're going to look at this. If the market price were to fall, that's when we have maximum loss in a stock position. And in fact, with long stock, worst case scenario, we know is zero. If I buy stock for 53 and the market price goes all the way down to zero, I've lost my entire investment. So that's where my maximum loss will be. And that's kind of sets the tone for the way we look at maximum loss for this entire strategy. Okay, so that's step number one. It's just thinking about where would maximum loss be? For us, it would be if the market price falls to zero. Okay. Now, second step, we have to bring the option into the fold. Okay, if the market price falls to zero, let's figure out, is the option going to be exercised? We'll put down, okay, put down, if the market price is 
below 50 put down, the option has intrinsic value and it's going to be exercised. Well, are we in that scenario? Yes, we are. And hopefully as a concept that should make sense given that this is our insurance-based strategy. If BCD stock were to become worthless, market price falls all the way down to zero, hey, we've got some protection here. We should exercise our put, sell our stock at 50, and we'll plug 50 into the T-chart. On the plus side, we're selling, and in the stock row. Now, some of you might be wondering, well, didn't we exercise the option? Shouldn't I plug 50 into the option row there? Well, you would plug something into the option row on the left-hand side if we were to sell the option through a closing sale. Uh, but given the fact that the option gives us the right to do something with the stock, I plug this into the stock portion of the T-chart. So again, we'll place that 50 on the plus side on the stock row, and that is the end of our T-chart. That's it. We just need to add up the numbers now. We have a 50 on the plus side, great. Um, and on the minus side, we have a three on the option, 53 on the stock, a 56 on the minus side. And then we just kind of net the numbers out together. A 50 on the plus, 56 on the minus side. That leaves us with six left over on the minus side, which tells us our maximum loss is $600. Perfect. That's how you use the T-chart. Great. Now let's go ahead and reset again. We'll continually reset as we go to new questions, and we still have 53 for buying the stock and three for buying the option, but we'll go ahead and everything else should be cleared out now. Break-even for hedging and income strategies um, is one of the main selling points to utilizing a T-chart, and I'll show you. I'm going to show you the shortcut first, and then I'll show you the longer way to think about it. Well, break-even for an investor is when they're not making or losing any money. And for us, theoretically, with the T-chart, that would be when we have the same number on both sides. When we have the same number coming in, the same number coming out, that, that's, that's when we're at break-even. So the question for us really is, at what price does the stock need to go to in order to have a balanced out T-chart where we have the same number on both sides? I think you can probably figure that out, right? There's only one number that can go on the left-hand side, the side of the stock row that's blank, that can give us a balanced out T-chart, and that is 56. 56 is our break-even. Easy, right? Now here's the more conceptual way, and I would really hope that you understand the concept behind it because they test questions can be a little bit more complicated than just say, hey, what's the break-even? Well, at 56, we have to make sure we understand what's happening there, okay? Whenever someone engages in a hedging strategy, in order to break even, they have to make back the amount of money they spent on their insurance, on the option, right? So the investor spent $3 per share, $3 premium on the put, and they have to make that money back just to break even. And how do they make that money back? Well, if we exercise the put, that's not going to make us the money back, right? In fact, we already know what happens when we exercise the put. If we exercise the put and sell the stock at 50, that's maximum loss, right? So break-even for us is gonna be when the stock makes back the exact same amount of money we spend on the premium. And the only way that's gonna happen is if the market price rises. If the market price goes up to 56, from you know goes from 53 to 56, the investor has made $3 per share on the stock position, and that $3 per share they've made on the stock position will offset the amount of money they spent on the option. 
That's the longer way to think about it. Either way works. Now let's go ahead and restart our T-chart again. Still bought the option for three, bought the stock for 53. We'll start again. The bottom two questions are asking us to think about a scenario. What happens if the market price goes to 40? Okay, what's our gain or loss if the market price goes to 40? So let's think through that. Okay, market price goes to 40. I would still encourage you to think about it almost the same way we've been thinking about maximum gain and maximum loss. So at 40, that's not great for the stock. I buy stock at 53, market price falls down to 40. That's a $13 per share loss there. Okay, we're not terribly thrilled about that. But we have to make sure we understand what's going to happen with the put. Right? At 40, put down, the option is in the money, has intrinsic value, and it makes sense for us to exercise the option. Why would we want to sell the stock in the market at 40 when we can exercise our put and save some money and sell it at 50? This is going to feel pretty similar to our maximum loss scenario. Okay. So at 40, it's going to make sense. We're, we want to exercise our put. We're going to exercise our put and sell our stock at 50. So we have a 50 on the plus side in the stock row, right? And then we'll just add up the numbers. 50 on the plus side. We have a 56 on the minus side. We net out the numbers and we end up with a six on the minus side. What's our gain or loss of 40? It's a $600 loss. Perfect. All right. Let's go to the last part of this question here. Gain or loss at 90. We'll think about it the same way. Okay, you bought stock at 53. Let's start with the stock first. Market price rises to 90. Ooh, that's great. What is that? That's a $37 per share gain. $3,700 we make as the market price rises. Oh, that's, that feels pretty good. But we can't forget about the put. Okay, At 90, yeah, think about it up there. Is the put in the money, out the money? Is it going to ex exercise? Is it going to be? Uh, is it going to expire? Well, let's think about put down again. Okay, at ninety, put down puts only get exercised if the market price is below the strike price. We're well above the strike price, right? So our put, which gives us the right to sell at fifty, will expire, meaning that we just bought some insurance we didn't end up using. So this tells us, hey, if the market price goes to 90 and we're going to close everything out, we're just going to sell our stock at 90 and let the put expire. Great. So we put a 90 on the plus side on the stock row, and that's the end of the T-chart. Now we just have to net out our numbers. We have a 90 on the plus side. We end up with a 56 on the minus side. Together, if we net those together, that will leave us with a 34 left over on the plus side. This is a $3,400 gain if the market price were to rise to 90.